Hey there, Mark. How we doing? Oh, hey, Johnny. How are you, buddy? I'm pretty solid. How about you? Man, I, I gotta be honest. I'm not sure how I am. I'm a little concerned. Okay, tell me about it. So, you know, maybe our listeners have been keeping track and they care to know. Um, My lady's been doing, like, I would call it a gross amount of travel lately. Okay. So, like, in, in, in April she was in Portugal. In, in May she was in Portland, weirdly enough. Yeah. And then now, so she was coming back from Georgia, right? And then she texted me, and I guess she's going to, she got like some cheap ass flight to Singapore or something. Oh, geez. Okay. She doesn't care about Singapore, but she was real excited to go to this place called Tyrabia and see their pyramids. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where the, the Thai food comes from, Mark? That's where the Thai food comes from, but I don't know where she's getting pyramids. I don't know. But what I do know is welcome back to Dangle Podcast. <laughs> welcome to Dangle Podcast, everybody. This is our, uh, <laughs> sorry, wasn't expecting that. This is our weekly King of the Hill podcast where we talk about the beloved animation classic, King of the Hill. We discuss two episodes and talk about what we like, what we don't like, whether it's good and still stands up, or whether it's an absolute trash TV show. And... Mark, I, I think it's safe to say that after, uh, I mean, you and I have watched almost 100 episodes at this point. Yeah. And uh, we're still going pretty strong here, so shit, at least half of it's pretty good. Oh, I'd give like 75%, yeah. So far. Yeah. So far. Well, what do you say we get into it, buddy? Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> an excellent introduction, because our episode today is 97 Ho oh, Yeah. We have, uh, 97. We're almost there, buddy. So we have an original air date of February 25th, 2001, written by Alex Gregory and Peter Hyuk. Hyuk? <laughs> Hyuk? We like Peter Hyuk, right? Uh, I think we do. I feel I like, really I, I, especially you, because we're looking forward, right? And he like you. He does some stuff that you are really into later on. Well, let's uh, let's take a look here. He's so he's worked a lot with uh, with his co-writer here, Alex. I almost said Alex Jones. Thank God, no, not him. Alex Gregory. I uh, would watch an Alex Jones, like, just, like, consulting writer on this. It, it seems like they're writing partners because they wrote the same three episodes of Veep together. Okay. And uh, they definitely, they, they only wrote the same nine episodes together on King of the Hill. So they only have nine credits here. Okay. Um, this is their third one. There's some real good ones in here. My Own Private Rodeo, I know, is a good one that you like. Yep. Um, Returning Japanese is one of my favorites. That's that's why the name stuck to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, they're good writing partners, I guess. Uh, they get work. Yeah. Hopefully they, they get some sweet-ass royalties from this. Dude, I, I will continue to watch this. So, um... His, his name is Penis Yeet. Because <laughs> you got a Peter and you yuck it. Oh, Penis yeet. Penis yeet. I'm sorry. It's You're good. amazing. You did wonderful work. Thank you, sir. It's I, good. It's good. Here I am being a dick again. Uh, so I know I've got a cast of characters here, but as you and I were watching this today, it uh, it's definitely incomplete. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say the cast that I got here and then add the couple that we that we know we're missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill. Yep. We have a gem of a one line from Luann in this episode. The only line she has, right? Yeah. As but, far as I know. But, but, first time we've seen Luann in a long time, too. Yeah, they've been crediting her, but not, she hasn't been here for a while. Yeah. Uh, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Cotton Hill makes an appearance. Where's Nancy? I don't know. I know that She's Dale mentioned. refers to her ass 
who has the nicer can. Right. But, okay, anyway, sorry, cut you no, off. No, 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 you're good. Um, so we have Cotton Hill, he makes an appearance. Buck Strickland makes an appearance. The debut, or no, cameo of Miles Burton. I was like, that's not a debut. We just saw him yeah. when Cotton was marching home. Um, the dickhead from the steakhouse. Yeah, the dickhead junior from the steakhouse. Yes, not cool dickhead, but yes. junior, yeah. Junior dickhead. Um, of course he buy hookers. Uh, debut, and I believe only appearance of Tammy Duvall. Yeah. The debut, and I believe only cameo appearance of Alabaster Jones. Yep. Mark, everybody's favorite horse's ass. <laughs> Lane Prattley. <laughs> and then who are we missing here? Um, the only two that you didn't hit were the John on the street that Hank shakes down, but he's an unnamed character, doesn't okay. matter. Um, Reverend Stroop, during yep. Hank's pimptage. Hank's dragon main in the Cadillac car. Yep. And then um, Mike Soto, and then the Mike mother Soto's Soto. Yeah. yeah. We saw him last in um, What Makes Bobby Run. Right. Where does he find the time? Damn that Mike Soto. He's a he's nerd. so flexible. No, it is. Mike Soto's got a goddamn tiger mom. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's our synopsis, Mark. Okay. Buck hires a new lady to work at Strickland, and Hank offers her some support while she gets on her feet. Tammy's side hustle causes problems for her tutor, Peggy. Yep. Without giving away too much here, we're talking about sex work and prostitution, everybody. <laughs> Peggy finds a friend and isn't allowed to have a friend. Pretty much. That's, that's the synopsis. Uh, unless unless your name is Min or uh, Nancy Gribble, you don't get to be friends with Peggy for more than an episode. Yep. That's just the, the rule. Yeah. Uh, so A-Story characters, Hank, Peggy, Tammy. That's pretty much it. That's it, yeah. Like, everybody else is tertiary to this story. Uh, let's let's get some notes, man. Hell yeah. I got a lot of notes. How about you? What do you got for me? Uh, so I don't have too many, but we'll do a couple here. Um... Peggy has adopted a new adult learner, Mark, and this time she's not a, a convicted uh, murderer. She's just a hoe. You know, at least she's helping people that do victimless crimes. Yeah. I will say that. I, I like that Peggy seems to, like, she, her love of teaching extends to everybody. We saw it how many episodes ago with, um... Death in Texas? No, Texas? so that was Death in Texas. No, that, not with, uh, not with Wes Archer. No, we saw it, like, three or four episodes ago with um oh david david kalaiki ali'i yeah and and it's like no she really genuinely tries hard you know that she is trying to get this poor woman who is just endowed with texas's largest tits it seems like just to get her her uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody mark is uh mark is showing me the picture i sent him like last week of mrs kalaiki ali'i Asking if you've had an an, uh, an unusually large amount of sausage for breakfast. I just laughed so hard I think I busted my contact out. Shit. <laughs> um, oh god. No, so she. I mean, she just she genuinely cares. She wants to help everybody that she can. You all right there, buddy? Yeah, yeah we'll just keep going. Awesome. <laughs> um, Mark, where does Tammy rank in King of the Hill hotness scale? It's a tough one for me. The big what? hair like kind of throws it off, but Tammy's pretty damn hot, right? She has got some cans, dude. Gotta call her Canny. <laughs> can see, can see. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Tammy hotness, Mark. Tammy hotness, yeah, she's up there. I would say hotter than Nancy, not quite as hot as the wind. What about men? Hotter Oof. or not hotter than men? Oof. You know what? That little shitty like tattoo. Knocks her off that. Okay, so so you've got Luann, Luann and Min, Min, then Tammy. Tammy. 
And then Nancy under her? Then Nancy, then Peggy. Okay. So we're yeah. not we're not talking about Leanne or Lenore I in this conversation. I wouldn't. But Ann Richards. Nah. Ann Richards is hot. If <laughs> sorry, buddy. I just I had to go for it. Um I have written down here in my notes because every single time I see him, I will write it. Lane Prattley is a horse's ass. You and I, listeners, Johnny's still here. Johnny has been here for the last couple weeks. It's been great. We're doing these live. We're watching and then we're talking about him, and it's great. It's been great. But Prattley, Cadillac, and Hyundai popped up, and we both looked at each other, and he goes, This one's mine! <laughs> it's my favorite thing, okay? It's great. I want an emblazoned shirt that's got his stupid face on it, just says horse's ass. I, I know what you're getting for Christmas, buddy. It's perfect. We're going to do that. We can get stickers that say horse's ass. We can get our Rockadillo stickers. It's going to be great. Ah. Um, my last one here is a question to you, Mark. Okay. Now, we just saw in Won't You Pee My Neighbor that Bill is celibate. And Bill has been celibate probably since he... Well, okay, so he says he is celibate. Mm-hmm. But we know that's a lie because he definitely got both of them previous to that. I think that Bill would... You classify him like as like the, the most pure term for an incel. Okay. Like, not by a choice is Bill Celibate. Bill Celibate because he's a nasty piece of human pant load. Okay. So, knowing that, that Bill has got a weird relationship with sex and the act of sex mm-hmm. and everything else, do you think he would buy a hooker? He asks if, if he would be good enough to date Tammy, and Hank says, No, I, mean, I don't think so because I've hooked her up with so many of these other people, and, she, you know, they can't keep her entertained for more than an hour. Do you think if Bill knew that she was a hooker, that she would go for him, let alone, do you think he would actually try? I don't think he will. I think Bill's got more moral. I don't know, because I don't know. He's gross. We know he likes porn. Yeah. We know that he has no problems fucking his, like, dead cousin's wives. I mean, whatever. Right? Um, and and we know, like, I mean, he's he's got his own urges, but at the same time, he talks to the priest about how, like, third year's the hardest of being celibate. But it's not because he's doing it on purpose. He's not like, I'm swearing off women. Vagina made me weak. Right. Like. So I, do, I don't know. I want to think that He if, might, but it's also like, this is. I don't know. Arlen has, I mean, shit. Arlen at one point was Harlot Town, founded by prostitutes. Yeah. Bill's had the opportunity to go to the Hotel Arlen and get his fix if he needed to. I bet you Cotton bought Bill at least one hooker. Uh-huh. Maybe that's why Cotton's so weird, or Bill's so weird around Cotton. Because, be. like, he feels like he owes him one. It really could be. Maybe that was how Bill lost it. Oh, I don't want to think about the Billdozer. <laughs> I don't know, that Billdozer's not too bad, but... Uh, I don't know, I, it was just an interesting thing that I, I kind of posited to myself because we have a good idea of who Bill is. And in my mind, there's there is no bill that would buy a hooker. I don't not for know. himself. I don't know. I you know I really don't know because like also you got that Cajun upbringing and shit, and I feel like feel like Jillies are kind of a Cajun thing. Could be. I don't know. He is from uh, the aristocracy. That's what I mean, dude. Like, interesting. I don't but know. then I, I wonder. I don't think he would turn a hooker away if one was bought for him. I don't see him going out and buying one himself. Yeah. Huh. Just something to think about, I guess. Uh, that's my notes, man. What do you got? All right. Before notes. we digress into this Not too much all. hard. Um, number one, there is a triangle music cue in this. 
Oh, Why yeah. to note season finales. This is mid-season. That was weird. Yeah, we get whooping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, Magic Pan, the crepe restaurant. The first mm. time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a couple fun little shop names here. Um, Peggy has mom issues. I think that's kind of funny. Yep. She doesn't really talk about them. We just know that, like, we saw in, what, uh, not Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, spin the choice. Yeah, Happy Thanksgiving. We saw her, like, well, if my brother cooked, it'd be the best aunt. Like, she's got the weird, like, family yeah. rivalry issues, but here she is, like, voicing this to more or less a stranger. Yeah, she hates Maddie Platter. Yeah. But she doesn't talk about it very often, except for people like strangers, it feels like. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. We'll keep an eye for that. Yeah. Um, the fuck does that say? Oh, Tyrabia. <laughs> I want to go to Tyrabia. Um, the bookstore they come out of is called Paige Turner's Books. I looked it up. Apparently Paige Turner is a super famous American drag queen. And then, and then, and then it made me think of the other time that Peggy gets a friend. And what's Peggy's friend, Johnny? A drag queen. That's right. Poor Peggy. Not poor Peggy, but it's just weird. Like, I don't know. Um, also, remember Hot Topic? Because I don't remember Hot Topic being, like, the hooker outlet. I don't either. But then I also can't remember a Hot Topic post-2003. They still like, exist. No, 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 no. I but... mean, like, I can't remember one post-2003 as it stands now. What it was in post-2003 when I was in high school and, like, whatever, that's what Hot Topic was and has continued to be. Right. Now it's, like, popular culture and really, like, the sub, like goth emo shit that they not shit but the you know that that section of society that they were attempting to cater to it has now just become mainstream and your revolution is mainstream kids yeah it's all a crock you don't get fun jinko jeans there anymore you get uh, anime t-shirts and wrestling shirts and fucking pop caps and fun, yeah, fun yeah half the damn thing is fucking funko pops i did get a pretty cool my hero academia shirt out of there about a year ago though so it's i got a discounted uh uh, Young Bucks shirt from them that I turned into a bitchin' fucking workout shirt. So, Hell yeah. Guys, we don't hate Hot Topic. It's just not, not, what, it, it's not yeah. what it advertises itself to be, and it hasn't been for 20 years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> did you know that the first woman of the American stage graduated college? First woman of the American stage. Helen, Helen Keller. Keller. <laughs> Just every <clears throat> damn time. Guys, because we're theater majors, that joke will never not be funny to us, so we're going to bring it up every chance we get. <laughs> it's hilarious to me. Um, is Tammy hot? You asked me this. I say yes. What do you think? I think so. Now, I do not, I and I don't think I ever have, found her voice actor hot, Mark. Who's the voice actor? Her voice actor is uh, Renee Zellweger. Oh, Christ's sake. Yes, Quincy All right, never herself. mind. Nope, never mind. She's... Nope. All right, good nope, old, she's under Peggy. Never good old mind. squinch face herself. Like, I, I, I've never really found her attractive. The closest was Chicago. And even then, she, I, she was... There, it was a lot... It sounds very subjective for me to say this, and I don't mean to body shame anybody. She, that was not my ideal body type for her in that movie. But that's the closest I've ever gotten to being attracted to her. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting to hear her voice coming out of Tammy. Man, but now that you mention it, you can hear it. You can... Oh, you can definitely hear it. She's yep. got that... Yeah. Mm. You know what? It could be worse. It could be Kirsten Dunst. Anyway. <laughs> um, we have the first mention of Hitler's Canoe. 
We will we see do. Hitler's canoe later on when Cotton refuses to sell it to Ted with song because useless. Of... It's useless. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, you're good. when he refuses to sell it to useless because useless is driving a Mitsubishi, and what did Mitsubishi do? Uh, they built the planes that bombed Pearl Harbor. That's right. But um, yeah. So like this episode, oh yeah, Cotton obtains Hitler's canoe and then has to sell it. But also. I don't know if you canoe or not. I don't really care about that. But if you did, would you buy Hitler's canoe? Yeah. I would. Absolutely. Why not? Honestly, I would buy something owned by Hitler just be, just to say that I've got it. Dude, I went to a gun show once and was this close to buying a goddamn Adolf Hitler Meerschaum pipe. Okay. It was like a bust of Hitler. And like, I'm not a Nazi. I not now nor have I ever been a Nazi. But like, I want a fucking Adolf Hitler Meerschaum. Like, I would buy that sort of shit just to keep it out of the hands of weird white nationalists. Ah, fuck that. I'd buy it just to have it. Like, what? Like, wow, Mark, this is an impressive pipe collection. You got a church warden and a Viking, and it is that Hitler? Yes, it is, and it's made of ivory, so it's double evil. It is double evil. <laughs> um, but then I get to thinking, like, all right, what's weird Nazi memorabilia that you would own? Not memorabilia, but, like, this was X's X. Like, you know, uh, uh, um... I want, I want Topsy's garrote that he, he strangled Herman Gehring with. Okay. Okay, the, the Gehring garrote. <laughs> I, I want to make this very, very clear for all of you listening here. Were I to own any sort of Nazi memorabilia, like I said, I would want it to keep it out of the hands of somebody who would, like, weirdly fetishize it, and I would not put it on display. Depends on what I had. That may be for you. I'm not going to, but... Okay, if if I had, like, fucking um, Heinrich Himmler's Manger Babies, <laughs> okay. I'm fucking backlighting. I'm putting that shit in a shadow box and backlighting it. I, I get weird I'm going to get, like, weird polka music composed in the Manger Babies theme. I get weird enough looks, Mark, because I have two framed posters from Captain America the First Avenger. You were there the day that I got them from yeah. my former roommate. And one of them is super cool. It says A is for victory, and it's done all 1940s style. Yeah. And, and the old and propaganda got, style, yeah. It is, it is. It's all U.S. propaganda. It's got, like, flying jets in the background and a very cool silhouetted cap with a big bright A, all that shit. I didn't get these posters for that. It's not why I wanted them. I wanted them for the one that came t with it, which is basically a bunch of weird-ass, like, super Nazified German script and a pierced Captain America shield. And goddamn, do I get weird fucking looks when people were walking through my house to buy it's it. It's a cool, it's a cool poster, it is. though. Like, and you put it next to the Captain America, and you understand, but, like, that might be the extent of something in Nazi-era Germany that I would, I would display. I'm not, like, but... saying we should, like, I'm not saying, like, I'm gonna rock a bunch of swastikas, but, like... I don't know. If, like, you... Man, if I had, like, a weird collection of, like, um... Uh, Schultzstaffe helmets or something with, like, bullet holes in them. Hell yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. Like... This would be something that, like, I'd throw a party at my house and get that one dude that you've just had a couple of extra drinks with. You go, hey, you want to see something cool? And then you would show it to him. So it. this is the collection that you're just going to show to me? Basically. Because I'm going to appreciate the context of it and not... <gasps> you're not going to... Johnny's a Nazi! Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be like, wow, you collect some really evil shit. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you got a lot of cuckoo clocks. Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Herman Gehring made them all by hand. Oh! oh! But you know what? I'd fucking have a John Wayne Gacy painting. 
He did that one of the fucking, what, Chicago Cubs playing the Seven Dwarves, and right. then it got circulated, and a bunch of Cubs signed it, and then, like, they're all butthurt because they found out that they had signed some John Wayne Gacy art. Yep. I kind of like that. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I feel like we're, we're diverting We're getting real weird. I'm sorry. It's cool. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Spank me. I'm a bad, bad girl. Um, And finally, my last note here. Uh, Snoop! Snoop-a-loop! I went through a weird um, Snoop Dogg phase about two years ago. We all did, dude. Because he's amazing. He is. And I've known he's amazing. But literally, I just listened to Doggy Style on repeat. Yeah. It's one of the best albums of all time. His best album. I would... Because everybody's got to hear this shit on W Balls. I'm sorry. Um, I love Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I'm glad to see him. Talk um, about the, the owner of Death Row Records, Mark. That's Suge Knight. Nope. He bought it like three months ago. Did he? He is the owner of Death Row Records, buddy. God cheers to that damn. fuck Suge Knight. Fucking tears to you, Snoop. Don't say that. He will find us. <laughs> Come on at me, bitch. He's like 8 foot 20. I don't give he a shit. I'm going to Germany. Eze AIDS. Like, <laughs> I'm going to Germany. What the fuck is he gonna do over there? We'll fucking find you. Sure that you can lick my butthole. Oh my god! No, he can't. No, he can't, Mister Knight. No, he can't. Bait and bait, Johnny. Give me some pros. Uh, I love that Peggy. She starts in the beginning of this episode. She starts to stall so hard. She's trying to figure out a reason not to go to lunch with Tammy, and then when she realizes. Nope, there's nothing coming to me. Okay, I guess we'll go. Is that what she's doing? Do you I think, think she was actually like clicking it off mentally? No, I think I think she is trying to stall, but she is not very improvisational. Oh, interesting. Like, I thought yeah. this was like a bad brain Peggy moment. No, I think it's I think it's her just like oh I'm shit in the bed because I can't think of a nice way to put you down, and I can't think of any reason why not to fuck it. Okay, let's go. Okay. Um. I think that the naivety of the hills in this episode is very wholesome. Yes. They're very they're very cute. It is. Uh, I like that, you know, Hank and Peggy, they, they're trying something new together. We get some new costumes out of both of them, and they're both enjoying it. This reminds me, once again, of when they're naive in Boomhauer's uh, bedroom with the camera. And they, I'm on they just, the news. Yeah, they just, I'm like, okay, you guys are just, you're, you have fun with each other still. And it, it's so damn sweet. It's cute. It's really cute. Um, I love the way that Hank pronounces the word prostitute. Because he says it with such urgency under his voice. Because he's in the Tammy library is, and can't yell. Tammy is a prostitute. <laughs> because Tammy is a hooker. And he Get just your screams it. hooker things. And he gets so flustered. I like when Hank's voice breaks. Like, yeah, it's, it's good little moments out of Mike Judge. Yeah. It, I don't know if it's intentional, but damn, is that some great voice acting. I, we I, we don't give Mike Judge a lot of credit for his voice acting and the range he has with Hank. I feel like we've wrote just about everybody else's dick for that except for him. Yeah. And fuck it, I'm going to say it right here with this then. You got a lot of emotion out of trying to convey a very serious, like, something to your wife and her hooker friend in the middle of a library, and it is memorable to me. But then also him and like him fighting with Alabaster. Yes. That's really, really good. Yeah. Like, because like Hank doesn't know what he's saying. He's like, get out of that jalopy. 
Let's talk some business. Like, yeah. I'm the... Like, Hank has to dig deep in his Law & Order Special Victims Unit well yeah. and go, I'm the Mac Daddy of Heimlet County. He's like, like alright, what did Bobby watch the other day that I shut off? <laughs> what can I t- what can I glean from this? Oh, Cat Williams! From the MTV. <laughs> um, so I just... Oh, man! We're like two years out of fucking Doggy Fizzle Televizzle. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. I remember. I'm sorry. No, you're good. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to give Mike Judge the gold star for voice acting in this episode. Yeah. We haven't given it to him yet. No. And I feel like it's not that we ignore Hank, but we, you and I are used to it. The dude's got fucking range and he uses it every episode. Yeah, I wouldn't even go that far. It's kind of Hank is always Hank. You know what you're getting with Hank? Yeah. I think that's why we kind of liked um, Chasing Bobby. Okay. Because, like, he does break down a lot, and you get... It's not just, yeah. like, I'm gonna kick your ass, like... It's not just regular Hank and angry Hank. Y- exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, and then I got one more in here. Okay. Alabaster is probably my favorite celebrity cameo of the entire series. I, yeah, I believe so, yes. Holy I, I'm glad shit. you agree with me here. It, that's, that's Snoop Dogg. That's a celebrity cameo here. I don't think anybody else does a better job... And he's, he's not, he's playing himself, but not playing himself. And that's why this is so perfect. I like that he's playing a skinny little white guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's colorblind casting right there. Damn right. I'm offended by it. That role should have gone to a white rapper like Vanilla. I can't even say it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Eminem was a thing at this point, but I can't imagine him We know doing that, that he better. was. We fucking know that he was from Isle right. 8A when Bobby it's and Connie. Like Con- like like shady. shady. Yep. Listeners, we both made the shadow puppets with our hands. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so, like, I mean, but he wouldn't have done a good a job. As good a job, excuse me. Oh, no. No, no, and no. And I love me some M, dude. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. Oh, Eminem. I was thinking Vanilla Ice. No, 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 no. Uh, what do you got for pros, man? That's what I got. Um, Before I do pros, do you know the most expensive piece of uh, World War II memorabilia? I do not. Hitler's Mercedes-Benz 770K. It's worth $10 million. And it is an all-rightish looking car. You know, that's going to take an awful lot of working at the carnival for Barton Homer to, to pay off. <laughs> Wasn't it the Bonnie and Clyde death car? No. I'm pretty sure it's Hitler's car. The Hitler death car? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Deep cuts. Deep cuts. Deeper cuts. Give me some pros, buddy. Oh, man. If this was Minecraft, man, we're, like, below the diamonds at this point. Um, how do my girls look? I wouldn't know. <laughs> my pros for this are literally, like, scenes from this episode. Like, They're entire like scenes. Like, yeah. How do my girls look? I wouldn't know. Uh, Pimp Hank scene. When he's driving down the street, and then he shakes down the John. I love all of that. Um, Hank's flashback. Hank remembering. All the little bits of, of hookering. <laughs> All of her hookings. He's got to look that pervert Lane Prattley in the eye. Like, he the remembers. ass pervert. I love it. Um, I think, Johnny, this might be our best of the series. I, it's, it's, we hard pressed to find a better one. Uh, you had mentioned to me while we were watching that not only does it sound perfect, but it's also the best animated one. I bet if you. You know what? We're going to do this right now. If you Google, blah, what fucking still store comes up? Not B. Yeah. Blah. 
Oh god, it's Oh, it's raving rabbits. What the rabbits? Ah, oh, fuck is that shit? Let's try Hank Hill. Ah, uh, well, no, it's not. Not, not even one of them. That's okay. Not even one. Of, all right. Well, you know what? Never mind. I, it, it could be a re- personal favorite. Redact personal favorite. There we go. Um, the library scene with Hank. The entire scene. Tammy's a hooker. Tammy is a hooker. I know we kind of already talked about it. And then following up to that, the entire car chase scene. And I like how there's these little dumb parallels, like you know, exploitation films and shit. Yes. And like he he like spins down the alley and hits the trash bags. It's like who the fuck cares? Like yep. it's nothing. Him losing the the hubcap. Him and... losing the hubcap. Um, Snoop hitting him in the in the back. I'm on you now. Like man, like. Green Day might not have been in studio for Man That Co- Shot Kane Scredderberg. I can almost guarantee that Snoop was in studio for this one. Yeah. The timing is perfect. The 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 the, the character is perfect. Like, I think that's my like blue flame of valor goes to just fucking Snoop Dogg. Like, yeah. 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 He's so good. Um, you mentioned you hit on this just a second before you move on. I want to I want to make a comment to Yo. all of our listeners out there. If you guys have not had a chance to check out the like nineteen late sixties. Most of the 70s and even some of the 80s black exploitation films, do yourself a favor and watch some of them. Like, they are very good and they're very good representations of black art in the time. Yeah. You know? I mean, I I don't say, I'm not going to say I know a lot of black people, but the ones that I do, they all seem to enjoy that. It's part of their culture. I I, I don't know. I they, they accept it. They understand. Like, a lot of. Wow. I'm Go not ahead. gonna. I'm not gonna use the term "they" for an entire race that I am not. Uh, I. I. Th- whenever I think of black exploitation, I think of Donald Glover in his stand-up special where he keeps talking about how everybody wants him to be Shaft. <laughs> no, like like no, they wouldn't of... be Spider-Man. They're like, what if, what if Michael Sarah was Shaft? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I. I love that whole bit because he's like, yeah, we we watch it a lot. It's not like our fucking superhero or anything. <laughs> Get up in the morning, put on my pajamas, my, my shaft pajamas, go downstairs, Eat pour myself a big old thing, thing of shaft juice. <laughs> I just realized shaft juice sounded like semen. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, just do yourself a favor, though. Go watch some of these old ones or watch some of the parodies. Go watch Black Dynamite. Black, Black Dynamite, Dynamite is, is the so best movie good. that's come out in the last 30 years. You can't tell me otherwise. God, like, it's so fucking good. Yeah, every part of it. Like, Michael Jai White, Jay, I don't know how you say his middle name. I think Jai White. Yeah, right? Michael um, Jai White crushes it. Like, Do yourself a favor. Go find. Go get your, your closest black friend and ask them which one to watch and watch it with them. You will enjoy it so damn much. Go watch Shaft. Go watch the original Shaft. It's not a good movie, but it's... Man, go watch fucking... You know what? Go watch the Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller, Starsky and Hutch just for Snoop Dogg as Huggy Bear. <laughs> yes. Because, damn, that's pretty damn close to a, a black exploitation film. It's it's, a, it's just the 70s. It's like... It's, it, it's a... What do you call that? Like now at this point, it's like a nostalgia exploitation. Yeah. When we do movies from that time and that kind of scope. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, you got any more pros, man? Uh, no, that was it. How about you, buddy? I have one con. Oh, okay. And I was kind of digging for this because I had a hard time with this episode. Like, you and I just sat and enjoyed it. And yeah. I knew I was You and I to. laughed a lot. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, we were kind of quiet in uh, Now Who's the Dummy. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, it, my only issue, Hank is very self-righteous and would have probably tried to turn in Tammy. For turning tricks and making money because he knows prostitution is illegal. I also bet Hank has a very weird relationship with prostitution, though. Cotton, man. Okay. 
Most fathers wouldn't do that to their son, for their son. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, either that or he would try and turn in Alabaster. I just, there's a part but of But there's no that, way that he could do it without implicating himself in prostitution. Right. Like, but, or in soliciting, like. Right. So, I don't know, like, that was the only weird hinky part of this, because I know Hank, and we, you and I both do, we know that that's the type of person he is. So, I don't know. He th- pulled the cop over to tell him that he had an outtail light, like. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, do you have any cons for this? That's the only one I could find. I have one, and this comes from working in a grocery store. Okay. When the first time that Tammy gives Hank rent money, where'd she pull it from? From her bra. Yeah. Tit money is gross. Listeners, women, female listeners. I she guess had just thrown down, Bro too. listeners, too. If you got some big old meaty man tits, whatever, do not put money under your boobs. It's gross. It sweats. Money's already dirty as shit. Do not put money in there and then hand it to some hapless fucking checkout clerk. Hey, Mark. They don't want to touch it. You like cash wads? <laughs> oh, God. Fuck <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Tit money. Don't do it, guys. <laughs> uh, let's get to favorite moments, buddy. I mean, shy of the whole episode, I only have one that, like, I had to pick. I, okay. dude, oh my god, like, this, like, fucking, I was in a garden of beautiful moments, and I had to pick a singular rose, and it was that I've been known to give a woman amnesia. Yep. <laughs> Once again, gotta throw it to my buddy Ben. We used to just walk by each other. The way that you and I greet each other with King of the Hillisms, Ben and I didn't have this so much, but every now and then we just look at each other, I've been known to give a woman amnesia, and just, we'd yep. both lose our shit laughing. Um, I feel, I... I feel like, before I give my favorite moments here, I need to talk about the one retro rage that I've got. Oh, yeah. Because I almost left it. Because we haven't had one in a while. Pagers? It's not pagers, because I feel like we've already called that out at one point. Okay. Uh, no, it's Tammy's slang. Like, the slang that she uses, that's whack. This is, like, I don't, I don't know if she says jive. At one point, she just says, like, um, he's a mean little dude, and he'll mess you up. Like, she uses this weird backwards slang for everything in this whole episode and it's just very bizarre to me she's got weird slang yeah i'll give you that yeah like my g freaking ed like that you were the bomb and all this it just the bomb who who in the last 20 years has said the bomb i oh man that avengers movie was the bomb nah it's fire fam no cap like See, we've just, we have elevated ourselves. That that was that was lingo from 20 years ago, and it doesn't fit now. Lingo, you, that, but also it's a weird thing to, like, we never use that shit. God, I've no. never referred to anything as the bomb. No. But I do say shit's gangster a lot. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a re- retro rage for me, because it's hard to watch. Because okay. even though you and I grew up and know what a lot of these terms are, shit, a kid that's 10 years younger than us won't. Yeah. So yeah, um, my it'd be fav- like us watching black exploitation movies and be like, "The fuck is a jive turkey?" Yes. Yeah. Um. So my favorite moments, Mark. Um. I put in here all alabaster lines. All alabaster lines. Yes. Um. So that I mean that's a collective favorite moment. I also put in here. Uh, I really want to go to Tyrabia and see those pyramids. <laughs> Luann's one line in this. Holy hell! It's almost a throwaway. Get, where does she get Tyrabia? Like. Whatever, I'm not going to ask where Lou Ann gets beautiful her. Beautiful idiot. <sighs> she is. I can save her, too. Just a beautiful idiot. Um, Mark, 
we got to get this thing rated, but first you got to tell the good folks about our rating system. I would love to. I composed a rating system on the fly for us, and this one might be controversial because this is a thing that you and I have never, ever, ever discussed. I don't even think once. Okay. We're doing this like rappers. All right. All right. At the very, very bottom, the worst is a charcoal rating. It's a crap episode. There's nothing good about it. There's nothing, like, discernibly positive about it. Is this art? I don't fucking know. Because you know what it is, Johnny? It's mumble rap. Okay. Okay. Above that is our Megalo rating. Megalo is a bronze. It is shameful. It is bad. But if you're hungover and you've got nothing better to do, you will watch it. And in this case, a Megalo is a Vanilla Ice song. Oh, okay. But you'll still listen to Ice Ice Baby every time, mm, won't you? Not every time. Every but... fucking time, I bet. Bet you ain't turning off Ice Ice Baby. Mm, it, it gets changed after 30 seconds because then I'll listen to Queen instead. That's fine, but you're still listening to it. I am. I am. We're treating this like a three-minute song is the same thing as a 30-minute TV show. Okay. Uh, above that is NWA. Okay. NWA's got some... That's our butane. A butane is a silver rank. Uh, a lot of people like it. There's not a lot that bad can be said about it, but there's also not a lot that can be said about it. Like... It's just all right. It's just there. And now this is where it's going to get controversial, all right? Okay. All right. So above a butane, our gold medal rating. This is a great episode of King of the Hill. You love to see this episode of King of the Hill. You'd probably show this episode of King of the Hill to your mom. But maybe, just maybe, something quite doesn't hit for her, right? Okay. In this case, our uh, Char King gold rating goes to Snoop Dogg. Okay. I can't show Lottie Dottie to my mom. She will not like it. She will not like W Balls. She will not like suicide. It's a suicide. She just... She might like gin and juice. Might like gin and juice. Maybe, just maybe. Okay. But goddamn, they're all fantastic songs. Fantastic artists. But for my Blue Flame of Valor, this is our S-ranked tier. This is the best... This is the best episode of King of the Hill. This is the best episode of... Uh, a fantastic episode of TV. You can show this to anybody. Anybody will appreciate it. And you know what else everybody appreciates is for everybody, Johnny? The Wu-Tang Clan. Yes, sir! <laughs> Wu-Tang is for everyone. Wu-Tang is for the children. Look at that spike. Oh, man. I know, baby. I see it. Wu-Tang comes louder. doesn't come at all. Protect your neck. I think I texted you because I was all horned up because fucking one of them was on that WWE 22, 2K, whatever 22 game that I immediately dropped. But like, man, I love Wu-Tang Clan. I love a blue flame of valor. Johnny, on a scale of mumble rappers to the Wu-Tang Clan. What are you giving this one? Uh, this is getting a charking from me. It's charking. Get, it's getting a good old snoop-a-loop right there, man. Um, and it's not that controversial. I, I have nothing bad to say about Wu-Tang Clan. Nobody fucking does. You know? Old Dirty Bastard was like, had a profile from the FBI. Like, um, I, oh yeah, gets a charking from me, man. This is a damn near perfect episode. It's, it, I guess, arguably the best guest star they're ever going to have. The um, best use, not only of just a guest star, but of a musician. Yes. We had fanfare and we really were up on Brooks and Dunn's dick and we're really up on Vince Gill's dick as the pastor. Oh yeah. But. I think I mean, Alabaster's better used. We've had a there's a lot of music in this in this show. Tons. We've had Willie Nelson, we've had Green Day, we've had everybody at Fanfare. We're going to get ZZ Top later. This is the best utilized musician, I think, in this. Yeah. It's incredible. With the exception of fucking Lucky, who becomes a regular. 
which at that point you don't really get not to a guest him star, yeah, because he doesn't sing, he doesn't do any of that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, thank God. <laughs> hey, I like Tom Petty. Charcoals, charcoals across the board. I like Tom Petty. I know, but like, guy. yeah, baby girl, I went ahead and wrote you a backtracking thing for your manger babies. <laughs> um. So I don't, it's a, it's a charcoal. It, you just you need a little bit more from it. You have to understand why it's so offensive that that alabaster comes from Oklahoma and why that disgusts Hank so much. And do you? I think I think it adds a layer to it. Do you, okay. I think it adds a layer of appreciation to it. Because the only time we've seen Oklahoma's in Hank's cowboy movie was Wichita Falls. Yes, but he's talked about his hatred of Oklahoma. I guess he, he literally has. just did in Yankee Hanky. But he's like, uh, he's like, I, you have to do it on a birth certificate, otherwise a bunch of Oklahomans would come in trying to be natives. I reckon that Oklahomans are like, okay, Oklahomans are to Texans as Texans are to Colorado natives. Probably. Yeah, you just they all come up here and we get really sick of yep, them. Yep, we fucking hate them. Um, also, shout out to a majority of our listeners in Texas. Hey, y'all. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Howdy, y'all! That's uh, that's Mark's uh, <laughs> big text. Um, yeah, I I think it, there is there's elements of this episode that you have to have a little context on in order to appreciate it on the level that you and I do. You and I find it hilarious that Lane Prattley, the pervert that he is, shows up and has to buy a hooker. We know Lane Prattley. We've seen him be a scumbag for four or five episodes now. Yeah, that's he's lost a car, on but, Okay, but he's a. Okay, but he's a car salesman. Yeah. And I just, I'm going to just come out and give you mine because I feel like I'm defending this against you. I can't tell. I think this might be a blue flame for me. Okay. I don't know. It's a really good episode. This is one of those episodes that's like one of the first ones that I kind of really remember watching. Like, I remember the character of, character of Alabaster. Like, all of it. I just, I remember every bit of it. Yeah. And I remember a bit of it fondly. And, like, I was excited to see it in the queue because like, we were like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this is a good episode. Fuck, this is a great episode. Yeah. Like, you don't need context for Peggy wanting to teach. No. We don't need context for, like, Buck hires, uh, Buck's a piece of shit, so he's going to hire women who look like the last one. But now she's dead, so it's, like, we don't even need that. Like, you're... <laughs> prostitution's already weird. We don't get a lot of the guys in this episode, and that's good. That's fine. Yeah, we don't need a whole we lot. We don't need them. We just have the Dale line of don't turn me out. I'm no good. Ask my wife. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Is it, What is this? A, a Char King of Valor, maybe? A <laughs> Char King? I, I mean, maybe. If you give it a Char King, then it, it becomes an Imperial. But it's a little bit better than that. But could you show this to your mom? I, I don't, don't know, know, man. Fuck, I don't know. You know what? No. No, it's not a blue flame. It's not a blue flame for me. I'm marking this one. I'm gonna to mark this one though, because like, when you and I finish, we're gonna go back and we're just gonna pick some episodes to watch again. Yeah. This is one of mine for the other one is Meet the Manger Babies. Okay. Like, we're gonna come back and see where we're at. Right now, it's a Char King. This might be the hardest I've ever seen you come to terms with an episode. This is tough for In me. In 97 episodes, Mark, this, this is, is hard. the hardest that I've seen you think. It's not a gut reaction on something. It's not a guaranteed slam dunk. Yeah. But it's not a guarantee. And that's the, it's not a guarantee either way, though. No. But even, like... I'm trying to, like, devil's advocate myself and say, no, it's a trash episode because of this. They're, they're naive. Of course they're fucking naive. They're not like... I don't know. It's a Char King. It's a Char King. That's where I'm standing. It's a Char King. So we get an Imperial. It's an Imperial, which means that this is Snoop featuring NWA. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this is this is Snoop, Dre, and Eminem in the height of their 2000s. This is Snoop at the Super Bowl, dressed as Aladdin's magic carpet. Yes. Yes. All right, guys. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our next episode. We'll see you in just a bit. Listeners, we're back. Johnny and I have just come fresh off of what we should maybe say was our favorite episode of all time? It's Question close. mark? The Exterminator? God, it's, it, this is, remember Mark, right before we watched this, what did you tell me? I'm going to try and find a way to hate this episode. going to try and find a way to dislike it. And and did you, did you find anything to dislike in this? I have some cons, but that's about it. Okay. Well, guys, this is episode 98, The Exterminator. Original air date, March 4th, 2001. Uh, Mark, this is a new writer for us. We are f- four months and seven days from 9-11. No. Five months and seven days from 9-11. Yes. Yes. All right, new writer. Uh, his name is Dean Young. Dean Young, okay. Uh, Dean Young only wrote six episodes of King of the Hill. He started with The Exterminator. He ended with New Cowboy on the Block. That's oh. the Big Willie Lane episode. That one sucks, okay. Not fantastic. He also did Boxing Luann, which you and I just uh, in- enjoyed looking at animation art from. Don't make it sound fucking gross, but yes. I, that wasn't gross. <laughs> you, We enjoyed it, Johnny. We can in- appreciate art together. You don't have to know it was us looking at Luann's cans. It makes... What'd you name it? Lucans. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he also did Dangle Love. That's uh, Boomhauer oh. and his brother. Oh, the patch. Okay. Yep, Patch Boomhauer. He also did Father of the Bribe. Okay. But Mark, after he did The Exterminator, the very next episode. Okay. Lupe's Revenge. <sighs> I think uh, you owe yourself um, uh, just you owe him something. I'll take a drink you, for you, that. You've been talking for almost a hundred episodes now about how much you love Lupe's Revenge. So, guys, we're really excited about this one. Uh, this episode's cast of characters: Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale, Nancy, and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dobatrove. <laughs> Bill Dobatrove. <laughs> Dobatrove. That's a new one. We got a new new character here. Mr. Bill Dotrieve, uh Amy Pittman, Sal Gladstone, Rodriguez, Nickman, Bert Halverstrom, Lewis Carl, Dr. Benson, and they were so nice, Mark, they put the cockroaches in here. The Madagascar hissing cockroaches. That was my hiss. Your hiss is better than mine. I'm gross. Um, would you like my synopsis, Mark? Yes, I would. Dale gets a new job at Intertrode. I mean, Initech. I, I mean, Stick Tech. Excuse me. And runs, uh, runs in a tech? with office power. I, it's my Mike Judge joke, guys. But, because... Okay, but you said in a trobe. In a trobe. I thought you said in a trobe, like you're doing debatrobe, but okay. <laughs> nope. No, you so, keep talking. You start is... over. I fucked no, no, you No, no, no. We don't need to start over. <laughs> this is uh, this is like deep cuts for Mike Judge fans. Uh, if you guys, obviously, this, this episode is very much based off the success of Office Space at this point. Which came out... I want to say 99. Yeah, give me 10 seconds here. We'll figure this out. 99 or 2000? Had to be 99 because it was like all based off of Y2K, right? So yeah, like that was the big big thing is they were changing things over. 1999. 99. So uh, it's all a big reference to that. It's Mike Judge is easily his most recognized and most popular and arguably one of the best created films of all time. 
I absolutely adore it. And the office they work at in the movie is called Inatech. And then the two guys, two of the uh, programmers move to Intertrode later on. But this uh, this one is actually named Stick Tech. It's a nice little nod to. So Office you space. were like eight levels deep, and I'm I was. fucking proud. I'm proud of you. I drink to you, Johnny. <laughs> Cheers to that. Well, Mark, you know how much I absolutely fucking adore Office Space. Goddamn right. It is. I I would put it up there. It's in my top five movies of all time. You know, I. Mike Judge is just he's a damn genius. Yeah. So so good even today. Um. So. We have A-Story characters, Dale, Joseph, Nancy. Really, the A-Story is Dale. It's the Gribbles, the A-Story, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Is this, this is our very first, like, only Dale story, isn't it? Yes. Like, it's only Dale. It, everybody else is tertiary. Yeah. And Joseph is A-Sub-1. He's A-Sub-1. Hank and Peggy are kind well, of A-Sub-1. Well, like... I mean, Joseph is A-Sub-1 because Joseph does the cockroaches. Right. Right. You wouldn't get the climax of Dale mass exterminating the cockroaches without Joseph, so yeah. Right. But... So, long, but long story short here, Dale has to quit exterminating. Yeah. Because he uh, gasses himself in a ventilation duct and wakes up in the hospital, and the doctor tells Hank and his wife, he really needs to not be doing this or he's not going to live past 50. So Dale gets a job. And working... he's rounding up. He is rounding up. So Dale gets a job working at, at Stick Tech, which is an adhesives company. And he's basically just reconciling invoices the entire time. Sounds a little familiar, eh? <laughs> so, I, I mean, we have we gotten a single singular character-focused episode that doesn't bring anybody else into it other than the Hills yet? Uh, maybe Nancy Boys? Maybe... Maybe. Yeah, I, I want to make because I think, well, okay, so like, do you count? Well, no, you know what? No, screw that. Never mind. We're not going to do that. Um, I'd say Beer Can Named Desire, maybe, is a Bill episode. It is, but half of it's a Hank episode. But also, yes. Yeah. But then like, um, moving out, or moving on out, moving on moving up. Moving on up. Yeah. Is a Luann, but is Luanna Hill? She's a plat, whatever. She but, is, but it's also half a Hank episode because she becomes, I become you. Also that. Yeah. No, I think this is our first like. This not is before first... Christmas? Maybe. Maybe. This is they're starting to venture out. So they they're starting We're done to build... with the hills. We're getting bored with the hills. Now yeah. we're yeah. They're starting to venture bored, out into yeah. side secondary characters. This is kind of like, you know, when the Simpsons did the entire episode about Apu losing his job at the Quickie Mart. It's yeah. the first time you really got to see Apu. Yes, everybody's known him. He's been around for seasons, but we've never explored him, let alone give him the focus of an episode. So I, I think this is a fantastic one to start with. Um, Who needs Dale's dead bug? I do. <laughs> Thank you for that, buddy. Uh, Mark, let's get some notes, bud. Let's get some notes. You want to start us off, buddy? Yeah. Uh, I think this might be the last time we see Dale exterminating. No. I mean, he does some exterminating, There's, yes. No, 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 no. There's that one where fucking What's-Her-Nuts is going to steal him. Jennifer Aniston or some shit? Right, right, right. Paget right. Brewster, one of the two. It's one of the two of them. Yeah. They sound very similar. Insert 90s thousand female lead who's pretty with a novel right voice. <laughs> yeah, no, that one. And Nancy, this is what you do. Right. But and he does a lot of it. Like, he even states at the end of the episode, I'm going to start killing things without poisons. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is really like the first and last time we see him 
really doing a lot of that. Actual, like, open-handed murder. Yeah, it's been implied a bunch. We've seen him tent houses before and things like that, but... But this is also, like, what? To kill a ladybird, he goes under the crawl space and tries to exterminate and fails graphically. He tents in, um... Oh... What's that episode, Johnny? Trying to think With of... With Hank. Yeah, I'm trying to think of why Hank isn't at work. Uh, Little Horrors of Shop. Little Horrors of Shop, thank you. God damn, we're good. Cheers. <laughs> um, yeah, so Little Horrors of Shop, he tents. Yeah. Like, it's implied a lot. Naked Ambition, there's the dead rat in the cage in the van, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, fun fact... Once it has been removed from him, Dale has absolutely no right to the substance that got pulled out of him. It is now not his. Explain. So there was a bunch of stuff. I, so I read this uh, this book, and it's all about um, basically the cultured cells they took from a black woman in the 1950s who had had ovarian cancer. Okay. And they started growing an infinite number of cells. They oh, were wow. immortal cells. Oh, and wow. And they basically found out, hey, all we have to do is do this one cell culture... We can start growing these cells and we can send them to anybody who wants to experiment on them without actually having it be a human. Oh, so, so it was like self-propagating. Yes. It, That's it's pretty it's cool. the first time in history they've ever been able to do it. And like it's the reason we have a polio vaccine and all this stuff. The woman who did this, her name was Henrietta Lacks. And she, her and her family were never reimbursed for it. She was ne- They were never even asked if they could take her specimen and all this other stuff. Her family lives in poverty still to this day. Oh, wow. And all this other shit. And yet there is, I, I think uh, the statistic they put in there, there is over like 100 trillion tons worth of her cells that have existed since the 1960s. Whoa. Yeah, because of how much she has repropagated. But there's a bunch of different... I had to read this for my ethics class on how it's unethical. trillion cells of a human. Yes. Like, it's stupid. Wow, it okay. It is absolutely stupid. Okay. Um, my mind's blowing for the wrong reasons. No, yeah, because well, it's... No, because it's... I mean, these cells have been growing for almost 70 years nonstop. Man. Yeah. So... We are not but the sum of our parts, Johnny. Uh, I had to read this, this oh, book. Oh, fuck. Shadows and dust. That's all we are. <laughs> I had to read this book for my ethics class, and it brought up a bunch of different court cases. And one of them was a guy who basically said, hey, I've got something wrong with me. And his doctors took his cells, did a bunch of tests, found out what was wrong with him, but then used his cells because they found some weird fancy DNA strain in there that they could basically do the same thing, where they could re- replicate and say, hey... This guy's got fancy special cells that are good for testing in this capacity. He sued them and said, you took these and didn't ask me about them. And they countersued and said, we don't have to. Once it leaves your body, it's no longer a part of you. And they won. So where do you fall? Uh, I think it's absolutely unethical to take somebody's cells and not reimburse them for them. Okay. I, I understand, and their, their you, argument You here, go Mark, get a throat culture tomorrow for strep, right? Yeah. Okay. And then in your, like, throat culture, they also find, like, you know, hard RX-34, the, the weird random one that's going to cure cancer. Yep. You didn't make that. You made that, sure. Yeah. But you had no idea that that was a part of you. It's true. And that that's their argument, and that's the way that they won their, their lawsuit was basically... You're telling us that it, and you want to be, you want to be um, compensated for something that is going to go to go towards helping the entirety of the human race, <coughs> and you're basically holding your 
you're holding your own cells hostage because you want to get paid and it's you're stopping like potential medical breakthroughs from happening because you don't want it to happen because it's your stuff. Okay, if, if Pfizer or uh, Purdue gets my cells and does the thing, fuck them. Exactly, because they are trillion-dollar companies, it feels like. That also started the opioid epidemic in America. Yes. But, 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 if, like, you were to say, hey, Mark, we sequenced your DNA, and you can cure cancer with the jizz out of your left nut, I don't know Take my left nut. Take the left one. Yeah, but, like, I didn't do that, but, like, if we're, like, doing the Jonas Salk about it, and, like, no, 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 yep. we're not patenting the, the, the polio vaccine. Yep. We're gonna give it to everybody, then, yeah, we can do that, mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. But if you were to take my shit and then make obscene profit from it, from it, well then cut me in. That's... And don't cut me in a lot. Give me like office space. Me give me yeah. a, a percentage of a percentage of a percentage. Yep. Like yeah. Oh yeah. No, and that was the guy's big issue was that it wasn't that he didn't want to help people with the cells and the strain that they had found or whatever DNA sequence they had found with him. It was the fact that they turned around and made like thirty billion dollars off of it, and then looked at him and said, "Doesn't matter. It came from you, but." see that's you, know, you can't hold us over a barrel that's that's just like fucking corporate it's greed, greed. Yeah, it's that's absolutely greed, fucking yeah. greed that's why i think it's unethical to not include that person you can't do a lot of that stuff anymore and when you sign a sheet um when you check into your doctor's office it's informed consent and you're basically saying in order for me to be treated by this doctor anything they take from me is now their property you are signing your rights away to it right then and there before you're even seen anymore. Um, two years ago, when I had my appendix out, the yep. first question I asked the nurse was, where's my little guy at? And she looked at me like I was insane. I was like, can I yep. have it back? And she goes, you can't have that. Yep. But my mom has hers. It's a, it was a different time now, for well, sure. But she yeah. also got hers out in Spain, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, anyway, I thought that was interesting, because Dale just says, I want that substance back. And honestly, they're going to be like, absolutely fucking not. You've done something that we've never seen in a human before, so we're going to take it, try and make more of it, and, and experiment the shit but, on it. But, but I also understand, like, the fucking, like, needs of the mini supersede the needs of the gribble. Mm-hmm. So, like, no, you don't get this shit back. We can, like, this is what's going to cure hantavirus. Yeah. Heck, Dorland's wife is going to live because of you, Mr. Gribble. Like, yep. yeah. There's a, there's an interesting movie. Like, the, the book I read, there's a movie version of it. If you want to watch it, it's on HBO. It's got Oprah as one of the main characters. Oh, hard pass. It's it's really... No, it's it's very watchable, Mark, but... Really, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating study on, you know, what, what, what should be allowed and how it was not okay for people at Johns Hopkins to basically take advantage of this woman and the rest of her family because they did it for years even after she died well you know too though like i mean this is more modern but like how many skeletons were stolen out of graves and like yeah that's kind of how we man dude did we just find a new fucking hill to die on for like the pursuit of science yeah but like ethical pursuits in science and like hey man clone all them kids and then kill them whatever you're gonna do but like give the parents a i don't Okay, we're getting, we're getting, I'm only two notes in. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. So I'm sorry. I, thank you guys for listening. Go check out Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. There's a movie. It does a pretty good job. The book is really good too. It's awesome. Check it out. Um, check it out, guys. Costume change, Mark. Costume change. Uh, Dale changes when he's talking to Nancy and then says, I'm going to go down to my eight foot metaphorical grave. He changes from his jumpsuit back into his hospital gown. And I don't know why. Maybe he's depressed. Maybe. Because he wears that gown a lot. Like, and then he comes back out and he's sitting in that, like, in his lawn chair. But see, again, another hang-up. Like, when I came out of the hospital, they didn't let me keep my gown for my kit or for my uh, appendix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So I, I just, I, you and I, we're trying to notice when they do costume changes, especially if it's weird. I don't know why they wanted him to do that while he was in the basement, but maybe it was a comfort thing. Maybe it could Who be. Who knows? A... Maybe his basement's fucking hot. I, dude, I, when I am all by myself, I'm a naked boy, Johnny. Yeah. I. I have, like, a half of a toga that I just, like, tie around my waist and call it good. Oh, I, I troll around my house in nothing but my underwear a yeah. lot of days. Porky Piggot most days. Like, I wear a shirt because I want to see my gut, but my peeps are all out for the world to see. Yeah. The neighbors do not appreciate. Anyway, what else you got, buddy? Uh, hey, Mark, do you know who Richie Sambora is? Other than the guy that Bill met at the, uh, 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 the market? Richie Sambora, no. Richie Sambora is the lead guitarist from Bon Jovi. Ah! I, uh, all of a sudden I understand why Hank just looks at him and goes, no, you didn't meet him. You don't know. You weren't there. So we talk a lot about, like, Hank's music taste. He reckoned Bill's into Bon Jovi? I would not be surprised. <laughs> I really would not be surprised. Okay, so fun little bit of continuity here, man. Yes or no? I don't know. You tell me. Listeners, breaking news. I cracked into... A Western Mutant IPA out of Oscar Blues. There's a jackalope on the can. It promises to be a Nelson Suave. Oh, no, these are the hops. I don't know. <laughs> Nelson all... Suave? Well, so the hops are the Nelson Salven out of New Zealand, a Koya out of Germany, a Saphir from Germany, and a Simcoe out of uh, the Pacific Northwest. I don't know. It's kind of... What do you think? I'm not a big IPA guy. I would not buy one, but I w- that's me. Ooh, but it's got a clean finish. There's a like clean. It does. There's a clean like grassy, weedy finish. Anyway, sorry. Uh, what were we talking about? A uh, continuity mark. Continuity. Did you notice what Dale has got still pinned up in his think hole? No. He's got his Mason Mower Ransom pictures. Oh, does he? Yes, he does. <laughs> and I thought that was really cool. Well, I because bet he... I love that. I bet he thinks fondly on that. I think he does. Yeah. Now that he's gotten time to like kind of go past it, you know, I think it's fantastic. Um, this entire episode, it makes me thank God for the COVID-19 pandemic and the fact that about a third of the world right now gets to telecommute because of it. Mm. Because holy shit, can you imagine getting stuck in a fucking cubicle anymore? So I can't. I've never had a cubicle job. Oh, Every job I've ever had has been like uh, manual labor or I was driving truck. Okay. Yeah, like, I drove truck for Budweiser for a couple of years. Um, I tried to be a teacher. That one didn't quite pan out. Okay. And now I've worked at City Market for, like, seven years. I've never had a job that wasn't in a cubicle. I honestly, like, it's this weird, I don't want to say fantasy. What's a fantasy that, like, isn't a good goal to have, isn't a good dream to have? That's what I've got. It's like the opposite of an ambition. <laughs> It's a shit bition. One of my shit bitions is to have an office job. Okay. Part of me like wants to do that. Like just to try it out. I want to know what it's like. I want to be in a cubicle farm. Like I, yeah, I want to like have the fat chick next to me that only listens to Secretary Rock. Like I want to bitch about Frank and Linda in the break room. Like okay, for a year. I just want to try. I just want to try it for a year because I've never not done like you know horrible physical labor. Okay. My last job was kind of a cubicle job. I had it for about six months or so. Yeah. Um, and I didn't hate it, but I also like was by myself 90% of the time. The other person that was supposed to be in the office with me when I was working was out on maternity leave for a good chunk of it. So I was like, okay, I'm here by myself. I had an hour, no, I had a two hour window where the other person who did my job in the other days of the week shared a two hour window with me so we could go to a meeting together. 
and I loved her, so it was like not a problem. But I basically got to like sit and have my own big ass office that fit three people for myself most of the time. Oh wow! Um, but almost everything I could do in that job, I did not need to be in the building for. Oh damn! It all could have been done over a doxy or a Zoom call or something televideo. I could have met with people, and then the rest of my job, the bulk of it, was oh, I'm calling people. I am calling people and setting up services for them. All of that can be done at home. The only part that couldn't be done at home was the the talking to people. And it could because we have video technology. Man, I used to, I bitched a lot about how like 2020 was going to be the future. You know what I mean? Like when I was a kid coming up, 2020 was the future. Yeah. But you know what? That is one thing they hit was like the telecommuter video technology. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I think they're, I, I... Guys, if you are investors that invested in giant-ass skyscrapers and office buildings, I have no feelings of shame or Are you or the former president of the United States? I, have, I, I don't feel two shits about you and the money that you lost on it. You guys have been playing on an archaic system that you knew was going out of stock the second video calls were invented. You've had until then to figure out a way to make this not be a problem. There's a lot of different people, a lot of CEOs out there that are very happy and proud to say, you know what? My employees can work wherever the hell they feel like. Airbnb just straight up said, our employees can work wherever the hell they feel like indefinitely. We don't give a shit. And they're a huge company. You know, it's... What if we treated workers like humans? Well, and they, I, I get that they want, they want people to come back to the office, but it's, it's not because but why it's, it's not because they need them there. It's not because they even want to micromanage them. It's because... You know, you've got companies like Riot, Riot Games out in LA. Okay. I have my I have a friend that got three out of four interviews to go and work with Riot Games. And one of the conditions if she got hired was you have to move out to LA because we just spent something like fifty million dollars on our campus. Okay. So they're not mad about any of the, all this other shit. They're mad that they spent all this fucking money on real estate and now they can't make anything from it. But that's a video game company. Yeah. So this is a like a, a, a highly teamwork oriented collaborative system. Sure. Yeah. You fucking tell me that Stick Tech needs to be a, a team oriented like com- you yeah. know what I mean? Stick like, Dale at home on his computer and let him do invoices there while he smokes. Maybe he has to wear his hat. Maybe politics of the time because this is two thousand and one. Right. So like you can't. But yeah. So I telecommuting is here. It's here to stay and. I'm sorry if you made bad real estate purchases because you bought a $50 million building that no one wants to work in because they'd rather work at home with their animals, their kids, and in the comfort of their fucking pajamas. Get if fucked, the work we is, work. If the work is getting done, why do you give a shit? If you're still making your money, why do you give a shit? Find someone else to sell that stupid building to or make it a goddamn park. Fucking turn it into a fucking, like, hydroponic farm. Yeah. Go do something productive. Wow, what if we had office buildings that were hydroponic farms instead of goddamn office buildings? Okay, Mark, I gotta get to your notes because now I'm done. And this I feel like we're half an hour in already. Episode. It doesn't matter. We're here. No, we're due I love for, this episode. We're damn due it. for a long one. We've been real fu- we've been real we've been trig coves right now, Johnny. We need to Alright. I'm I'm I am ready for it, man, but uh, give me some of your notes, buddy. Some of my notes. The fuck does that say? Schmask. <laughs> Sorry, I should have waited till you swallowed. Mask, schmask. I say mask, schmask all the time. <laughs> that vent is huge in Nickman's house. God yeah. damn. 
Like, what has that guy got? Like, for central air, I get it, it's Texas. He's going to have central air in there if he's smart, because he's an old dude and he doesn't want to die from heat stroke. But yeah, that vent is massive. It's a diehard vent. That's it a is. Nakatomi Tower vent. It like, is. Yeah. And that rat, by the way, because of this, like its proportion to Dale's head, has got to be like five or six pounds. That's a that's a standard rat, though. Five or six pounds? I've seen some biggins. Woo! Dude, there's that one. There's that one, and it gets reposted on um, our What the Fuck all the time. It's New York Pizza Rat. I'm going to find it. Oh, the pizza. I know the pizza rat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, giant rats show up. They're here. We just don't... What bothers me is you don't see the giant ones as much as you see the little guys, you know? Yeah, look, normal ones. We'll say normal ones. The normies. Um, she's here too. I just like that. With Peggy popping her head in. <laughs> so we talked in Funfair where, like, that was the first time that uh, Peggy and Dale became kind of like friends. They kind of were... They pal around. They bonded over the sabotage of Randy Travis's trailer. Yep. But then, like, so now Peggy is... Dale's emergency contact. Yeah, I thought that I was kind of funny. I think that's cute. Like, he doesn't like Peggy, but like, well, you're my new contact. Johnny, I've got a rodent-seeking wee-wee light. Do you? Yeah, it's in that fucking closet. That's awesome. It was a drunk purchase. Listeners, go buy a UV flashlight off Amazon when they go on sale. It's nine bucks. It's a lot of fun. It'll make you feel gross about your house. Um, why is he wearing the gown? Yep, Just thank you. Thank you. Um, Throwback to Yankee Hanky, everybody. If there is an opposite to oysters, I think I figured it out. Okay. Hot dogs. Okay. Number one, raw oysters are an aphrodisiac. Pursuant to that, hot dogs are full of nitrites and block blood flow to certain critical organs. Cough, cough, the penis. Number two, oysters are, you know, kind of vaginal, whereas hot dogs are phallic AF. Okay. Number three, oysters are all natural, and nobody wants to know it's in a hot dog. Therefore, Johnny, I submit to you that hot dogs are the natural opposite to oysters, not apples, Dale. I like your argument there. Thank you. Very well thought out. Um, I was going to have you talk to me about Office Space, but I think we kind of already hit that. We did. Guys, go watch Office Space, please. I think Johnny and I are going to watch it right now as soon as we're done with this, and we're just going to record a commentary track, and <laughs> it'll be a Patreon bonus. Listeners, if you're into that, let us know. Um, where's Dale's mankini? He yeah. wears briefs, and it's kind of gross. I think it's... he has to because of his suit. Nah. I think he's getting chafing otherwise. That's the only reason I can think of. Okay, 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 okay. Because otherwise, I mean, normally, I imagine he's wearing his mankini when he's got his speed suit on. Yeah. His jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and I, I don't, I think there's something about the suit, because it's not even his, it's Joseph's. So I bet you it doesn't fit right, and maybe he wore it like one time and went, nope, I got some ball chafe going. Okay. That's, I don't know, that's the word well, yeah, I'm going to go Well, yeah, you know polyester. Because what, the speed suit would be canvas, likely. Yeah, more than likely, so, yeah. yeah. So I, that's my working theory here. I like but it. I am, as weird as it sounds, I'm sad not to see Dale's mankini. Just a touch. Um, hey, I've got an executive bathroom. Who needs to poop? Who's got a maid? Of course. Of course Peggy's got a shit. Do you reckon that that's a fucking low flow toilet and it takes six to seven oh, flushes? Oh, man. I want to see a cutscene of where Peggy just, just blocks annihilates Dale's shitter. Dale's shitter. <laughs> I want to see that, like, Hank, your wife's not allowed in my office bathroom anymore. <laughs> Um, let's talk about something weird that I got into, Johnny. Mm. I have to drive the carpool this week. 
Yeah. I got to take the queen ant off. The you, clearance is too low, right? You do. You do. Where, yeah. Where you, I went down a fucking rabbit hole. Ant. Okay. So I went down a rabbit hole for how much, for just fiberglass statues. And one of the first ones I found was a place that does dinosaur replicas. I kind of want to spend $500 a piece and buy you and I matching dinosaur eggs that you and I can hatch out of. Yeah? Yep. That's number one. Number two, according to splaystatues.com, a um, 46 by 26 by 16, so that's what, uh, 4 feet by 2 feet by 1.5 feet. Okay. And not quite big enough for the Bugabago. I reckon she's about, what, 6 feet? I would say, I would maybe double that. Okay, yeah. Do you think 12? Cause, well, because that gives you 8 foot by so 4 like foot stem to stern. by 2 foot. So head to poop shoot. Yeah. Head to ovipositor. So you got 8 foot long. 8 foot. 2 foot, or no, 4 foot tall and 2 foot wide. Okay, yeah. So just, uh, so effectively like doubling. Doubling that, Doubling yeah. this. So for the original price, the um, 46 by 26 by 16 inches would run you $441.99. So we're looking at about a grand for uh, a queen. Yes. But then I went down a deeper fucking rabbit hole. And just bear with me as I pull this. So, uh, as per fesizestatues.com, we could get a giant ladybug for 450 bucks. Okay. We could get aforementioned giant ant, or or we could save our money and get a giant garden beetle statue, Johnny, for Ooh. 350 Listeners, I am very worried about my credit card in the next month here, because I am afraid I'm going to buy a bunch of shit. That's my point. Um, fiberglass statues are insane, and I think you and I might have gotten into the wrong business. I think we might have. Yeah. You might just got to get real good about making fiberglass crap. We'll figure her out. Uh, how about some pros, good buddy? Uh, okay, so pros. I, I think that the this is a great example of Joseph and Dale, like yeah. being father and son together. Their whole the whole side plot about servant roaches and having a monitor excretia together, and th- that like, have you ever tried to replace a cockroach's blood with what is it root beer? Root beer. I love it. And it definitely seems like something that Dale and Joseph would both be into because they're both weird. Yeah. Like, in the best kind of way. Um, And I'm realizing that Dale has a a kind of a pattern mark. He likes to talk to animals and bugs. We see him talk to his show turtles all the time. And this one, he's telling the the roaches, you know, Mother's Day is coming up. Something you make yourself is always going to be nicer. Dale talks a lot to a bunch of, like, not inanimate shit, but... Stuff that's not going to talk back to him. Yeah. And I think it's a fun little thing just to note about him. Yeah. But, um, there's That's it. That's all I've got for pros. Okay. I, I, you have a, you, do you have a weird lack of pros? It's a lack because I just sat and watched this. Okay. Maybe that's my problem. Because I don't have that many either, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I just sat and enjoyed watching this because so well, so much of this episode, like, what's, what's there to be a pro? Oh, look. They did the thing they did in Office Space. Okay. You know, it's it feels like it's a lot of callbacks. Hmm. I think you just changed my rating for me. I may have, which may, is okay. May have. I, I'm going to surprise you with my rating. I know it. So. <laughs> All right. How about uh, you, man? Pros. Uh, ninety or employee of the year at Dale's Dead Bug for 1996. <laughs> is was, not Dale. It was Rusty Shackleford. Yep. I like that. Uh, Boomhauer's when Dale's talking about adhesives, 
And Hank goes, well, that's interesting, huh? And da- Boomhauer goes, dang old, uh, huh? I love that. No, uh, huh? Uh, Johnny, why don't you just take off Bobby's head? <laughs> and then finally, Turbine! How about some cons, buddy? Don't have any. I got a couple. Let's hear them, man. All right, the office manager, Amy Pittman. What a cow. Dale Striptease. Da, da, da. It's funny. It's fine. I get it. I get why I like it. I get why it's there. I'm not hating on that. But number one, you got the stripper stuck in my head. And then number two is Dale Gribble's pale white ass. I love it. I love it. It's fine. But I just, you know, I got a note of poor Nancy. <laughs> and then finally, the 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 walkout scene after said roach, the roach accost, if you will. <laughs> roach massacre. The hollow roach. I don't know. To burn all the roaches. Um, yeah. No. It's gross. He's like hugging them both. He kisses Nancy. That's fucking gross. And He's then just he goes, covered in dead roaches. You can have your suit back, Joseph. Yeah. No, oh, I'm gonna burn that. Bur- take it out back and shoot it. Go spray it with the gas that didn't kill that rat. <laughs> uh, and I got a retro reference rage, too. Okay. I've already talked about it before. God damn it, do I miss Bennigan's. Bennigan's, oh, that's right. I forgot they mentioned that. It's, I believe that's mentioned in Office Space as well, but like... No, Shenanigans is in Office Space. There's Shenanigans, there's Flickers, there's a bunch of different ones there. But he... So King of the Hill... Okay, so in a, in a TV show that is very good about making their own, like, um, restaurants and, like, local isms, whatever... Yeah. Bennigan's is a reoccurring theme. Okay. Now, I cannot tell you the episode... But I remember going off on you about how I missed Bennigan's in a different retro reference rage. <laughs> so this is the second retro reference rage for Bennigan's. And maybe at this point, I gotta just, you know, give it up. Favorite moments, buddy? Um, I've got two here. Gladstone! <laughs> I intentionally, listeners, I intentionally waited till he took a drink of beer to scream Gladstone <sighs> at him. Every time. Every time. Uh, I When we the... were in college... <laughs> I used to like, so Johnny was the master electrician, I worked publicity, our offices were separated. I would take time out of my day to walk out of my office and up three fucking flights of giant stairs to get to the lighting booth and just pop my head in, Gladstone, and run away. Yep. Conversely, or to the same versely, whatever, Johnny would walk down the flights of stairs into my office, throw the door open, Gladstone, and slam it. Yes. Yes. I think I think that's our favorite King of the Hill line, maybe. Like it might be. of all time. Like I can't tell. I don't know. I know I I know I toss around that my that's my favorite line every other week now, but like yeah? man, Gladstone might be it. It might be. Oh, yeah. it's so damn good. So damn good it was my fucking favorite moment, you <laughs> favorite moment thief. I apologize. Well Dale Striptease is my other one. Okay, good enough. And uh <sighs> For all the love that I share for her, my wife probably does not find it very attractive, but she gets it at least once a month from me. That's sweet. <laughs> uh, Mark, let's rate this guy because then we're going to get out of here. Yes, on a scale of mumble rappers to the Wu-Tang Clan, what are you given the Exterminator? Uh, the Exterminator for me gets a Char King. Okay. This gets a Char King. And do you want to know why? I do. If you don't already know? I do. This episode is very good. It is very watchable. It is highly rewatchable. The more you watch it, the more you just love the insanity that is Dale. But you want to know why this 
is not a blue flame and it's a char king. You need a thousand percent context out of office space in this. No, not even office space, but this episode hits so much different if you've watched Dale and his insanity for five seasons. Also, yes. You oh, this is our Dale 4D this. chess episode. Or what now? Our Dale 4D chess. Yes. Remember the one we are talking about? And I can't even tell you what it was, but it was like... This is the culmination of all things. Yes. This is Dale's culmination. It is. This yeah. is his zenith, his apex. You're never going to get another better Dale episode out of this. Yeah. Than this one right here. Um, and I, I love him. I will love him till the end of the series. He does fantastic. But it, it, that's why this is not a blue flame to me because without it, you are missing so much. You probably could blue flame this and show it to just about anybody and they would find it entertaining. But they would have such a weird warped view of what King of the Hill is. But it's gross. It is Just gross. like Knee Jerk, it's a really gross episode. Well, yeah, and this, because this episode is focused solely on Dale, has nothing to do with the hills, with propane, with, like, Ladybird, like, any of the standard King of the Hill shtick, it's not a blue flame. Hmm. But damn, is it pretty close. Yeah. Like, it's a wonderful episode. It's like a weird offshoot. You know, I want it to be a blue flame, but only if you've earned it. Yeah. How about you, man? Um, initially I gave it a butane. Okay. It's fine. I didn't love it as much as I remember loving it, but there's the definite moments. But then in talking to you, no, no, fuck that. You kindled me, buddy. It's a Char King. It is. So we got Imperial. Imperial. We we got a Snoop Dogg with the I forgot who he said he partnered with. <laughs> Dr. Dre and Eminem. There we go. Yeah, we got a Snoop Dogg at the Super Bowl. That's what it was. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, Char King. Wow, we this is a good episode. It's a real... this. These two episodes, guys, I'm very happy that we watched them this week. Hell yeah. I'm glad we did them live. I can't believe that these two were next to each other and I didn't realize it. Maybe it's just because I, I can binge both of them and lose 40 minutes of my life and not even realize it. You don't it. even notice it, yeah. 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 Just like you listeners have now lost 40 minutes of your life. Well, probably a buck ten, all said, but yeah. We'll uh, see. Johnny, I gotta ask you, buddy. Do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about yourself? Man, I I am loving it. It's good. It's I am here. I I am buckled in. I'm strapped in. We're halfway through season five, which allegedly was the like season where a bunch of the OG writers left. Yeah. I am interested to see because I already said I kind of fell off the wagon, but then jumped back on. Well, where's that next speed bump at? I I mean we'll we'll encounter it when we encounter it, but. Uh... Mark, I think we should get out of here. I think you should tell the good folks where they can find us. Well, if you wanted to find us, listeners, you could find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. You could find me at our sister podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast. You could find Johnny and I together here on this podcast, on The Dangle Podcast, on Twitter, on Instagram, and or at that good old gmail.com. And Johnny, where can they find you, buddy? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at KrautBallStream. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in go watch Amazon Prime. They're going to have office space for you. That's where it's currently streaming. As in, Johnny and I are going to go fucking watch Office Space right now. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. I love you all like Dale loves his horde of cockroaches, but unlike Dale, I'm not going to kill you in an air duct. Hopefully. Probably.